0: Section One of Monday Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. Monday Tales by Alphonse Daudet. Translated by Marianne McIntyre. Section One The Last Lesson A Young Alsatian's Narrative. That morning it was quite late before I started for school. And I was terribly afraid I should be scolded for M Hamel had told us that he would question us upon participles, and I did not know the first thing about them for a moment. I thought of escaping from school and roving through the fields. The day was so warm and so clear; the blackbirds were whistling on the outskirts of the woods in Rippert Meadow behind the sawmill. The Prussians were drilling all these things were far more attractive to me than the rule for the use of participles. But i mustered up strength to resist temptation and hurried on to school as i reached the town hall i saw a group of people they loitered before the little grating reading the placards posted upon it for two years every bit of bad news had been announced to us from that grating there we read what battles had been lost what requisitions made there we learned what orders had been issued from headquarters and though I did not pause with the rest, I wondered to myself, what can be the matter now? As I ran across the square, Watcher, the blacksmith, who, in company with his apprentice, was absorbed in reading the notice, exclaimed, Not so fast, child. You will reach your school soon enough. I believed he was making game of me, and I was quite out of breath when I entered Monsieur Hamel's a Small Domain. Now, at the beginning of the session there was usually such an uproar that it could be heard as far as the street desks were opened and shut lessons recited at the top of our voices all shouting together each of us stopping his ears that he might hear better then the master's big ruler would descend upon his desk and he would say silence i counted upon making my entrance in the midst of the usual babble and reaching my seat unobserved but upon this particular morning all was hushed. Sabbath stillness reigned. Through the open window I could see that my comrades had already taken their seats. I could see Monsieur Hamel himself pacing back and forth, his formidable iron ruler under his arm. I must open that door. I must enter in the midst of that deep silence. I need not tell you that I grew red in the face, and terror seized me. But— strangely enough as m hamel scrutinized me there was no anger in his gaze he said very gently take your seat quickly my little franz we were going to begin without you i climbed over the bench and seated myself but when i had recovered a little from my fright i noticed that our master had donned his beautiful green frock coat his finest frilled shirt and his embroidered black silk calotte, which he wore only on inspection days or upon those occasions when prizes were distributed moreover an extraordinary solemnity had taken possession of my classmates but the greatest surprise of all came when my eye fell upon the benches at the farther end of the room usually they were empty but upon this morning the villagers were seated there solemn as ourselves there sat old hauser with his three-cornered hat there sat the venerable mayor "'the aged carrier, the other personages of importance. "'All of our visitors seemed sad, "'and Hauser had brought with him an old primer, "'chewed at the edges. "'It lay wide open upon his knees, "'his big spectacles reposing upon the page. "'While I was wondering at all these things, Monsieur Hamel had taken his seat, "'and in the same grave and gentle tone "'in which he had greeted me, he said to us, "'My children,' this is the last day i shall teach you the order has come for berlin that henceforth in the schools of alsace and lorraine all instruction shall be given in the german tongue only your new master will arrive to-morrow Today you hear the last lesson you will receive in french and i beg you will be most attentive my last french lesson and i scarcely knew how to write how oh, i should never learn my education must be cut short. How I grudged at that moment every minute I had lost, every lesson I had missed for the sake of hunting birds' nests or making slides upon the sar. And those books which a moment before were so dry and dull, so heavy to carry, my grammar, my Bible history, seemed now to wear the faces of old friends whom I could not bear to bid farewell. It was with them as with M. Hamel, the thought that he was about to leave, that I should see him no more, made me forget all the blows of his ruler and the many punishments I had received. Poor man! It was in honor of that last session that he was arrayed in his finest Sunday garb, and now I began to understand why the villagers had gathered at the back of the classroom. Their presence at such a moment seemed to express a regret that they had not visited that schoolroom oftener it was their way of telling our master they thanked him for his forty years of faithful service, and desired to pay their respects to the land whose empire he was departing. I was busied with these reflections when I heard my name called. It was now my turn to recite. Ah! What I would not have given then, had I been able to repeat from beginning to end that famous rule for the use of participles, loudly, distinctly, and without a single mistake— BUT I BECAME ENTANGLED IN THE FIRST FEW WORDS, AND REMAINED STANDING AT MY SEAT, SWINGING FROM SIDE TO SIDE, MY HEART SWELLING. I DARED NOT RAISE MY HEAD. MR. HAMEL WAS ADDRESSING ME. I SHALL NOT CHIDE THEE, MY LITTLE Franz. THY PUNISHMENT WILL BE GREAT ENOUGH. SO IT IS. WE SAY TO OURSELVES EACH DAY, BAH, I HAVE TIME ENOUGH, I WILL LEARN TOMORROW, AND NOW SEE WHAT RESULTS ah it has ever been the greatest misfortune of our alsace that she was willing to put off learning till to-morrow and now these foreigners can say to us and justly what you profess to be frenchmen and can neither speak nor write your own language and in all this my poor france you are not the chief culprit each of us has something to reproach himself with your parents have not shown enough anxiety about having you educated they preferred to see you spinning, or tilling the soil, since that brought them in a few more sous. And have I nothing with which to reproach myself? Did I not often send you to water my garden when you should have been at your tasks? And if I wished to go trout-fishing, was my conscience in the least disturbed when I gave you a holiday? One topic leading to another, Monsieur Hamel began to speak of the French language, saying it was the strongest— clearest most beautiful language in the world which we must keep as our heritage never allowing it to be forgotten telling us that when a nation has become enslaved she holds the key which shall unlock her prison as long as she preserves her native tongue then he took a grammar and read our lesson to us and i was amazed to see how well i understood everything he said seemed so very simple so easy i had never i believe listened to any as i listened to him at that moment and never before had he shown so much patience in his explanations it really seemed as if the poor man anxious to impart everything he knew before he took leave of us desired to strike a single blow that might drive all his knowledge into our heads at once the lesson was followed by writing for this occasion Monsieur hamel had prepared some copies that were entirely new and upon these were written in a beautiful round hand, France, Alsace, France, Alsace. These words were as inspiring as the sight of the tiny flags attached to the rods of our desks. It was good to see how each one applied himself and how silent it was. Not a sound save the scratching of pens as they touched our papers. Once, indeed, some cockchafers entered the room, but no one paid the least attention to them not even the tiniest pupil, for the youngest were absorbed in tracing their straight strokes as earnestly and conscientiously as if these too were written in French. On the roof of the schoolhouse the pigeons were cooing softly, and I thought to myself as I listened, and must they also be compelled to sing in German? From time to time, looking up from my page, I saw Monsieur Hamel, motionless in his chair, his eyes riveted upon each object about him as if he desired to fix in his mind and for ever every detail of his little school remember that for forty years he had been constantly at his post in that very schoolroom facing the same playground little had changed the desks and benches were polished and worn through long use the walnut trees in the playground had grown taller and the hop vine he himself had planted "'curled its tendrils about the windows, "'running even to the roof. "'What anguish must have filled the poor man's heart "'as he thought of leaving all these things, "'and heard his sister moving to and fro in the room overhead, "'busied in fastening their trunks. "'For on the morrow they were to leave the country, "'never to return. "'Nevertheless his courage did not falter. "'Not a single lesson was omitted. "'After writing came history,' and then the little ones sang their ba bi bi boo together old hauser at the back of the room had put on his spectacles and holding his primer in both hands was spelling out the letters with the little ones he too was absorbed in his task his voice trembled with emotion and it was so comical to hear him that we all wanted to laugh and to cry at the same moment ah uh, never shall i forget that last lesson Suddenly, the church clock struck twelve, and then the Angelus was heard. At the same moment, a trumpet blast under our window announced that the Prussians were returning from drill. Monsieur Hamel rose in his chair. He was very pale, but never before had he seemed to me so tall as at that moment. My friends, he said. My friends. I. I but something choked him. He could not finish his sentence. Then he took a piece of chalk and, grasping it with all his strength, wrote in his largest hand, Viva la France! He remained standing at the blackboard, his hand resting against the wall. He did not speak again, but a motion of his hand said to us, That is all. You are dismissed. End of section 1.